if you are enjoying this show of my book, Freedom to Ascend, audio version, please do me a favor. Just share it with one person who you know needs to hear this message from maybe a specific chapter or maybe every chapter. Also, if you can't do that, maybe just leave a simple review on the podcast you're listening to. Just You can just literally click the five-star rating if you enjoy it or leave a written review. Lastly, in the show notes, I will have my book, Freedom to Ascend, on Amazon. If you can leave a review there, that's how it gets to more people and spreads the message of positivity, love, and just sharing the information that you get for free. So please, if you have time, it takes literally 30 seconds, maybe to a minute. I definitely appreciate that in return. Enjoy the next chapter. Chapter 12, The Power of One. At 211 degrees, the water is hot. At 212 degrees, it boils. And with boiling water comes steam. And with steam, you can drive a train. One extra degree makes all the difference. Sam Parker. My friend Bree, who you met in Chapter 6 with her teacup theory for relationships, also had great advice on how to become a one percenter in your life. Bree had recently become a mother and was sitting in her office late at night and picked up this magazine, The Runner's World. As she was flipping through, she saw a little blurb stating that less than 1% of people in this world will ever complete a marathon. The article was written by a man who explained how he kept putting off his dream of running a marathon And then one day, after an accident, he became paralyzed and could not achieve this dream of his. Growing up, Bree was always active. Her parents put her in gymnastics because she needed to be active in sports. She still needs this today. Many people don't know what to do after high school athletic careers have passed, but Bree knew she needed to do something. She needed a challenge that would spark her drive again. After reading that article about the man who talked about running a marathon and then became paralyzed and could not run, Bree's immediate thought was that she had to run a marathon because she may never get the chance again. She wanted to be part of the 1% community. Immediately after reading the article, she signed up for a marathon in June and had six months to prepare for it. She researched plans on how to run a marathon and stuck to the script one day at a time. Six months later, she completed her first marathon. She had found that the challenge she needed. For 20 plus years now, she has been running races. Recently, a shift occurred for her. She wanted to do more than just marathons. One day, she was listening to Chad Wright on the Rich Roll podcast, and he talked about growing as an individual by doing hard events and learning more about yourself. Bree knew that she needed a new mission, which was to constantly look for growth in everything. She was drawn to Chad, the founder of the 3 of 7 project. She wanted to meet him and find out what he tapped into for the power of his strength and conquest. She applied for one of the basic courses that he offers. The course description is one single sentence about what will occur 
The basic course is a multi-day experience spent in the wilderness where you will not only learn backpacking skills, but also how to become the most complete version of yourself. She applied, she got accepted, and participated in the basic course in March of 2021. She, Jeff Forrester, and seven other men, along with their leaders, Chad, Blake, and Nate, went on a weekend backpacking trip to recalibrate their why. She learned during this course how to be more intentional in every aspect of her life and why she would step up her game to be more bold in all of her events. 2021 was a banner year for Bree. She completed many ultra events, including one in which she climbed the height of Mount Everest, 29,229 feet in less than 36 hours. She explained why she started to explore the arena of athletics. There are so many variables that you cannot control, such as the weather or how your body will respond to the course of the extra miles. The one thing you can control is your day-to-day preparation mentally and physically for each event. You need to have a strong why and be supported along the way by your family and friends. Brie is a model of what it takes to be a one percenter in life. You have to live life boldly, be intentional in your actions, and have a strong why for doing events in your life. We get only one shot at this life. Why be average? Stop now and think about something you want to achieve. Then set a date on your calendar and go accomplish that goal. Stacking one brick at a time. Sticking to a plan, being intentional, and always striving to achieve goals has made me a one percenter in life. Things aren't always going to be easy. But since I stuck to the plan of running my marathons, even during COVID, and when races were canceled, I was able to develop relationships with individuals that I learned about through via podcast. If it wasn't for the lonely marathon I ran that day, I would not have met Jeff, who led me to Bree, Chas Allen, Rob Matthews, Mike Bellini, Tim Douglas, and there's so many more. These doors of relationships would never have opened if I had been so stuck in my plan of running that race on the date that was set. Staying on a schedule each day has a major impact on your results in life. For example, I have learned to do just one task per day in each area of my life to help me grow. My one per day habits include one prayer when I rise, sharing one Bible verse on social media, one mile each day, one contact with another person, at least one I love you, one new piece of information that I will learn. The power of one per day can be also applied to achieving something per week or even per month, like writing one thank you card per week or going on one date per month. I have learned if you break down your habits into ones, you stack bricks of success. Many people have not learned this concept of breaking down goals into simple steps. Some individuals may feel the goals or new habits are hard to achieve because they either lack confidence to start them or are not disciplined enough to be consistent. To start moving towards your goals, let's look at how you can be achieving them by breaking them down, concepts of them, visually. Think of stacking one brick at a time. 
If you were to stack one brick at a time each day, you will eventually build a mighty fortress. To build a castle and the surrounding fortress, imagine how many bricks you would have to stack in your lifetime. But by being consistent and stacking more bricks each day and never taking a day off, your castle is built. In the same way, it is possible to build your legacy and it starts with just one brick. Your castle should not be just of the flesh, just earthly, but also it should be built for the true kingdom for eternity. Luke 12.32 states, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. The power of influencing just one person at a time by imitating Christ and sharing the gospel with them is what the essence of life is truly about. There is no better person to illustrate this story than my friend Rob, who went to the pits of hell and back. He is having a major impact by making one decision to live for others. Rob's Transformation Rob, who I met through Jeff Forrester, talked to me on my podcast about his transformation from anxiety and depression to having freedom and peace of mind. His story began in 2017 when his depression and anxiety was at its worst. He was driving to work one day and felt terrible. Things just didn't seem right. He called his dad and tried to describe how he felt. I feel like I'm dying, he said. And he tells his story. I decided not to go to the hospital and went to the store to pick up some supplies. When I got there, I had the same feeling, pain in my chest and an overwhelming sense of fear. What was happening was I was having a panic attack. The next day, I had a meeting with my paint sales representative, and during our conversation, I just left mid-conversation and went home. I went home and laid on the couch and decided to take the rest of the week off of work. The first week off, I just read and lay around. I was still getting the feeling once in a while. These panic attacks were more frequent during the day. And as weeks passed, I got to the point where I couldn't even go out the front door. I couldn't leave my house, and I became housebound. And when my kids left for school, I would slink downstairs and just read and sleep. During this time, I tried to alleviate my depression and anxiety by reading the Bible every day. I was very obsessive about getting to know God. The mistake I made during this time was trying to make God a magic wand. I became obsessed with filling my day with everything about God, including music and books. I studied all I could and was hoping he'd fix my problem, but I never started a relationship with him. I didn't pray. Instead, I was on an intellectual journey to God. About four months into the deep dive of depression, and trying to have God fix my problem, I woke up one night around 2 a.m. My daughter was at her mother's house since we were divorced, and I decided that night I would kill myself. So I started researching the best way to do it without it being gruesome for anyone who would find me. As I was Googling how to commit suicide, an ad came up with a suicide hotline to call. I decided that I would call to give them a piece of my mind. I was not looking for support to change the outcome I wanted. I talked to the specialist on the line for about 20 minutes. And then after I got off the phone, 
I suddenly realized that I wanted to help others who were thinking about committing suicide. I went to sleep shortly after coming to this realization and woke up the next morning with a new purpose. This new purpose was to help others and give them hope. To do this, I needed to get into a routine to get back in my life and have it on track and have some consistency. I needed to start doing something physical every day if I was going to get my body and mind right. So I decided to order a treadmill and just slowly began walking each day. Before the treadmill was delivered, I started to walk outside in my cul-de-sac. The path was only a couple of minutes long, and to paint a picture of how bad I still was, some days I had my wife come and get me because I couldn't move. Then my wife started to follow me in her car on the walk just to help me get through it. Once the treadmill came in, I began to run again. I would run the first 30 seconds, walk for two minutes, and continue this for a duration of time. I would do this for three or four days and then not touch running for a couple of weeks. Then one day I read a forum about a lady who was depressed and there was such bad anxiety that she hadn't left her home for over 30 years. After I read about this lady, I committed that I did not want to end up like her. I started to hit the treadmill each day and I just committed to making small progress one day at a time. I started to record each day and how many kilometers I did on the treadmill, and then one night decided to go outside for a run. This was the first time in many months that I had just gone outside. I got home, I woke my wife up with excitement, telling her I just completed a 5K. This one moment of triumph changed my trajectory, getting me back on track. My efficacy started to increase, and I started to believe in myself again. Physical transformation took place, as well as spiritual enlightenment. I started to talk to Jesus and build a relationship with Him. I started reading my books, and as I began this journey again of searching for knowledge, I had a change in my heart that I needed to stop seeking information and just trust to build the relationship. Then I read Isaiah forty thirty one and Matthew eleven twenty eight, which both refer to being renewed with strength having persistence, and having the Lord carry the burden. By reading the Word each day and meditating on it, scriptures started to become warm hugs of comfort for me instead of just information about God. As I started to build the relationship with Christ, I started to go back to work one day at a time and just focus on the presence of what I was doing at work on getting to build a relationship with God. What I learned during the course of events was that I was very thankful for this journey of having my panic attacks occur because it led to transformation in my life, which was to live for Christ and offer people hope. Rob's story teaches us that even depression and anxiety, which equated to suffering, was a gift and not a punishment. This suffering allowed him to find this purpose in life, which is to give people hope each day. Every day he shares Bible verses, music, videos, or just words of encouragement to friends or people he just met on social media. His mission is to help one person get out of their hole of depression and give them wisdom to understand how to get out, which is to find peace in Christ and to have purpose to help others. You may be dealing with some internal or external struggles, 
or may have been closely connected to someone who is suffering in this way. Rob had to experience the lowest point in his life to have an awakening to his purpose. Hopefully, you don't have to reach that point, and reading this book can help provide a ray of light that will help you get out of your rut by just starting to do something small, one step at a time, to help yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually. Also, never be afraid to contact one person, just like Rob did, to help you get back on track and live the life you were destined to live. From Average to Powerhouse Athlete Around 6 a.m. on a solo early morning run at a local metro park, I met a group of three people running up a steep hill. As I passed them and their headlamps beamed in my eyes, I said, hello, and thought, are these people crazy for being out here this early? Wait a minute. That makes me crazy as well. As my run progressed, I passed three runners on a loop an hour or so later and asked if I could join them. They politely said yes, and that began the formation of a strong relationship with Jen, Daquan, and Sam. That one run changed my routine of running solo. One question led to my now running with them every weekend. Jen Collister is the leader of the group. She sends a text midweek telling us where and when to meet. I look forward to the text because I can't wait to see where we'll be meeting to enjoy a therapy run together. I mentioned Jen in Chapter 6, which discussed the importance of surrounding yourself with great people. I can't think of no better example of someone who has built momentum one step at a time to become a one percenter than Jen. It's simply remarkable how she became a powerhouse athlete. She was not athletically inclined as a kid. She didn't play sports in high school either. In college, she lifted some weights and took some step classes, but that was the extent of her physical activity. When Jen and her husband separated, her life shifted and she began to build an impressive resume of races and triathlons, one step at a time. It began when she joined the Cleveland Athletic Club and started working with her friend Nicole, who was a runner. Nicole wanted to turn Jen into her running partner, so she patiently worked with Jen every week, chatting with her as she tried to breathe while responding. Since the training was intense, Jen trained for and ran her first 5K in 2001, when she was almost 30. It was awful, Jen recalls, and she almost threw up at the end. Her goal the following year was to get faster at the 5K, but fate intervened in the form of Shannon a CIC friend. Not only did Shannon convince Jen to join a summer rowing league, but she also talked Jen into doing her first triathlon, even though Jen didn't know how to swim and didn't own a bike. Jen was convinced to compete. She trained and finished the Cleveland Triathlon in downtown Cleveland, swimming near the Rock of Roll Hall of Fame in aqua shoes, biking on a hybrid bike on the shoreway, and running, walking on the downtown streets. For those of you who are not in the triathlon world, Jen used highly ineffective equipment. During the entire event, she was swearing she'd never do this again, but after she crossed the finish line, she was hooked. One race at a time. Jen had her sights on a marathon. She also started dating Matt, a triathlete she had recently met. Knowing Matt and the other triathletes made her think that she could compete longer distances triathlons as well. 
She did the Olympic distance, which is 0.9 mile swim, 24.8 mile bike, and a 10K run, Greater Cleveland Triathlon in 2004. She also trained for and completed the Chicago Marathon in October 2004 with a time of 5 hours and 15 minutes. After completing longer distances, she swore again that she would never do another one. Spoiler alert, that promise wasn't kept. But it did take a while for anyone to talk her into another race. Not long after this race, Jen hired a coach and began training for a full Ironman distance race. She was committed to completing the race and trained hard each day to make this become a reality. A full Ironman includes a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and then a marathon, 26.2 miles to finish the race. Her overall time was 15 hours, 52 minutes, and 33 seconds. She had hoped and trained for a better time, but was so proud to have completed Ironman, something that 0.01% of people will ever do in their life. After this race, her focus had turned towards her family. Eventually, she closed the door on triathlons, although she did do a half Ironman when her son was 14 months old, and new opportunities had opened up. Jen just turned 50, and 20 years after she started competing in races, she has completed her goal of doing two weekends of all three distances in Spartan races. While grueling, they still didn't measure up to the caliber of an Ironman, so Jen doubts she will have a Spartan tattoo to match her Ironman one. She doesn't know what the future holds, but hopes she can continue to find a worthy goal, or maybe a BHAG, each year, having fun with her friends and age gracefully. She finished our conversation about her success by stating, I get my work done early, every single morning, because I know I might not have time for it later, and I get it done most of the time while my kids are still asleep. It gets my day started right and doesn't leave me any lingering stress about hanging over my head. I work out with my friends when possible to enjoy their company while getting my workout completed. I sign up for goal races to keep me honest and on plan. It also helps that I have a coach who keeps me accountable with assigned daily workouts, but that is quite a privilege most don't have. One decision. Jen's passion for our running group to get together each weekend is a standard she has set. Her consistency to have the standard is unparalleled. This most recent Saturday morning, I woke up and looked at the outside temperature. It was one degree Fahrenheit. I was scheduled to run with Jen and Daquan, and I thought to myself, should we really go outside today in these low temperatures? That one thought of doubt, the temptation to deflect from the plan, popped into my head. But I didn't let my feelings dictate my choice. I met, I met both of them on the run in freezing temperatures, and we had a blast. The warmth of the conversation while we ran kept the warmth kindling in our legs, and we laughed about the cold as icicles hung from our beards, well, the quans and mine. See, the thing is, you can't make memories by doing average things. We could have all stayed home, done our individual workouts inside, and had a normal day. But that's not what it's like to live a life worth living. Life is about exploring, taking that chance, having some risk, and being a part of a group that builds you up. This changed mindset and new relationships all occurred because I asked one question. 
do you mind if I run with you? That one question changed the trajectory of how I train on the weekends, but even more importantly are the friendships that I have acquired. So even if it's one degree outside, do the hike, run your scheduled run, because you never know when the decision could change your life. Action steps. Plan to focus on just one task at a time. One prayer, one text, one thank you, one date, one mile, and then one life that you can change. Achieve your big goals by stacking one brick at a time. Have a plan and then work on it daily. Surround yourself with highly focused and competitive individuals. This chapter was special to me because I had three of my close friends who were in here. Being a one percenter was something I never thought about my, really my whole life until, until recently. And being a witness to my younger brother, James, who just completed his first marathon less than a week ago, it just reminded me of how important it is to have a vision of something that you think you can't do. What do I mean by that? Well, when James was running his marathon, I met him at the split where the half marathoners would go to the right and the marathoners would go to the left. And while we were running together, we ran one mile together. And when we were talking about it, I told him, I said, isn't it funny how you've always done the half marathons and, and today you're doing the big thing? And he said, you know what? I was always scared and had fear that I couldn't do a full marathon, but I'm different now. And once you enter the 1% club, like James has and I have and others in this chapter, something happens in your mindset. You have a limitless frame of mind that you can do bigger and greater things. So really what I offer to you as a listener is this. What, are, what is something that scares you? What is something that you've maybe feared and you don't want to do, but you know you need to do it? Really let that saturate in your mind and your soul. And then think about it. And if you think you're compelled to become that one percenter in life in that area, write it down, put it on your calendar, work towards it one day at a time, and accomplish your great feat. <laughs>